So Mike, how, how, how are we doing? This is, this is episode two. We're just kind of rolling mm-hmm. into it. Are you ready? Huh? No, but when have I ever been ready for something the Lord is calling me to? That's wow. I got too <laughs> philosophical too fast. Okay. Too, gotta, too far. We'll we'll lead into this stuff, but changing um, here. So how was the first week back at school? That's a fun one. We'll get, we'll get in it. We'll get into that. But, uh, but first let's, let's actually make a, make a note. Welcome back everyone to cultural confessions. Uh, we finally got a name. This is this is the name we went with. Um, we just took one of our segment names and thought this could work. Yeah, there's a story behind that one. We might get into <laughs> that at some point. Works in mysterious ways, and by mysterious, I mean we were exhausted and didn't want to deal with it anymore. Yes, indeed. So we got we got something out there. So that's that's cool. Um, big thanks to Mike for actually designing our logo, which you will see probably ahead of time. But we actually have the logo ready to go. Looks Great very girl. nice, very fancy. We're actually a professional podcast now. This is amazing. Yeah, we got now part right. Yeah, not complete amateurs just fooling around, right? So we have an apparel store in the works. It's going to take us four to six years. Please get very excited for that. But yeah, with zero budget, great. Exactly. We still have to cover our podcast charges. That's like just hosting the thing. It's okay. You still have to pay Craig. Mike, this isn't the first time, is it? No, man. We were both going through the last time we tried to record this podcast, and it was messy. I think we had like a good, we had a good canter going. I think, um, but I had crickets in the background, like most of the recording, and I could hear it when I was trying to edit it. And and lots of the time when you and I were trying to like compete for who gets to speak. It just turned into like something out of like a movie where like the demon like speaks through and that's like, that's not a human voice. And no matter what I could did, I couldn't like fix it because we're on a single track. So unfortunately that we are re-recording a week late. So this is going to be coming out much later than a month later for, uh, for everyone who's listening at home. I know we said we try and keep it within three to four weeks before we record each time, but we're going to keep it as consistent as possible going forward Yeah, Um, for you guys. And You're so, probably listening to this in October. I don't know. Well, hopefully, if I'm fast enough, I can get this out beforehand. But it's going to be busy for me with school, so we shall see. Um, but welcome everyone to Cultural Confessions. I am Joel Sove. I am Michael Roman, and we are here to do what we do as postmodern Catholics: engaging in the world today, engaging the culture. So uh, we'd like to introduce and uh, I really kind of give thanks today for a couple of really important people. Um, and then we had rough audio last time. Um, well, I want to give some thanks to, uh, to Craig, who's, uh, who's our car tech guy. He's working in the background, helping us to record. Um, he gives us six hours of his time, gets to record a bunch for us. Um, you know, really, really nice guy. And uh, he has a thing for bears. Yeah. We don't a lot, but you know, we yeah, all we have don't weird judge. things. Also, please pray for Craig because he has to listen to all of the content we produce. Yeah, all and sure, sure he over it. yeah, yeah, he, he goes over it many times. So we're hoping that uh, he doesn't go insane having to listen to us banter all the time. I know we can be kind of insufferable. <laughs> I can see you, Craig, rolling your eyes. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I love you. And also, um, 
second piece we wanted to talk a little bit about um actually you may have already heard it coming into uh coming into our uh episode today but we now have theme music yes. uh, special thanks goes out to uh Cassandra sullivan a close friend of ours who is a music major at rock um she's in our captaincy and she's been a huge huge help super faithful person god bless her for everything she does she's made our theme music for intro outro and has actually made the bumpers for uh for both of our segments so thanks goes out to her for everything she does um and this is really our first step in trying to support catholic artists yeah once the episode goes out, we're going to make sure we uh, reach out to her and give her our thanks personally because it goes a long way and it's a super, super help in raising the professionalism of our stuff. Amen. All righty. Also, so, please support her by giving her, you know, jobs. I don't know if yeah. we're ever going to have contact information for like her and a business she may or may not set up. But yes, check the show notes. We'll probably either put something in there if she wants anyone to contact her away or at some point or other, we'll make another announcement about it. Yeah. Um, but just going to show you there are Catholic artists out there and they are doing fantastic work uh, and we want to be there to support them. Amen. All right. And not just with prayers, but with, you know, money. Yes, Mike, the money. Because the world goes around because of money yeah oh for sure and grace let's not forget grace mostly grace yes sprinkle of money so with that in mind let's roll into our first segment and let's, let's get ourselves hyped for barna bros cue music So welcome to Barna Bros, where we talk about the pure dude energy that God has blessed us with. Please tagline. bear with us because, oh boy, the unadulterated masculinity you're about to get hit with. Mm. Immaculate. Love we love to see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Mike, Mike, uh, real talk though. If yeah. like, like when, when we really think about it, how did how did this all start? I know we kind of like maybe briefly went over it in the first episode. I don't remember exactly. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. But like maybe just for like listeners coming into it, like, okay, how do we meet? What's how did this nonsense kind of get going? Ooh, so it's actually like a year ago from when we're recording this, roughly. Um, but I met Joel for the first time at a CCO treat up at Brock. Um <laughs> I remember thinking because like it was him, um, a seminarian, Daniel Corso. Shout out to him. God bless. Um, so I'm for the first time just like attached to his hip. And I was thinking, who the lanky boy? He knew. <laughs> He's so quiet. I take it as a compliment. <laughs> and I mean, at the time, he was just like, oh, cool. We have another dude in the chaplaincy that brings our total up to, wow, four people amazing out of what 20 at the time i think we surprise, had like 60, yeah 60 people, but like 20 like active yeah surprise surprise there aren't a lot of dudes in our chaplaincy but remember one day we we're just kind of talking in the cafeteria at our school and oh it was corso who brought up like the fountain pen thing i think did we mentioned we mentioned part of that story because yeah. um um i think after the follow-up of that retreat it was when we talked about the the, the sam uh, oceans country thing oh, I'm, yeah. I'm remembering it now it's been so long 
There it is. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was at the retreat, and so I got I was kind of going around like introducing myself to everyone uh, afterwards as we were eating like pizza and wings, you know, like the casual like this is this is how you do fellowship at youth group, and that's like my first experience with it. And I remember looking over and seeing, and also very nervous looking. I'm gonna say it, nerdy boy who I could I could respect, but I don't know. He had like the Toronto vibes. I don't know. Had like the clothing to show for it. So <laughs> I had, I'm not sure how much edge you were you were like trying to feel that day. Oh man, it's so funny because so anyone who knows me knows that I'm the least Toronto person ever. I mentioned it to my friends one time and they're like, you have to go all the way to St. Catharines to get any street cred, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, man, we'd love to see it. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, I'm looking around like, shoot, I don't actually want to talk to anyone. I'm like, I'm trying to, of course, be as like open as possible. And yeah, Corso was just being like a complete bro, like carrying me through a lot of it. And so um, I'm not sure who brought it up or who pointed to you about something. I'm not sure if you talked about like our hobbies or things we like to do. And I'm like, well, I like fountain pens. And then you just peeked right up and you gave me the look like, oh, or maybe it was you who said it. And then I peeked up. I don't remember exactly, but one of us peeked up because we got really excited. (laughs) And I'm like, and I was, I was like, wait a minute. Does this man also like anime? And like, you gave me the look. I gave you the look and it was like, wow, this is gonna be easy. And then (laughs) after that, it was just like smooth sailing i think and i think that's how we got yeah that's how we started really talking and stuff and one thing led to another and well here we are yeah so for context i don't know if this is surprising to you but it's very difficult to find someone who's into fountain pens and anime in a catholic club but we finally found another person who shares our interest and we thought yes this is it and that way, that way, at least we had uh, we had something to build off of. And I think we've gotten just as close, I think, over yeah. in the course of that year, really, than I think I've had with just about anybody. Um, so this is where I can truly say the the Barnabro the life truly began at that moment. Yeah. But like as Barnabros, and especially in the Barnabro fashion that we live, we are very um, cringy. Yeah, I think the common thread between the two of us is we're Catholic, we're weebs, we're cringy, and just generally awkward people. Don't know if you noticed that, but it you is. Gotta tell, them, tell them the story, man. That, that the one from like a few weeks back now. So I think the big difference between the two of us is I can be dramatic as hell. So it was um, my birthday, my dad's birthday. We were going out for lunch at the Cheesecake Factory. And obviously we ordered a cheesecake and I remember I was cutting myself a piece or no, I was putting away a piece for my brother in like one of those containers for takeaway Mm -hmm. and I dropped it. And immediately I started chanting the DS ERA because I was so upset by the fact that I dropped this cheesecake and it's just such a random thing to do something so inconsequential that no one else would think to do it but here i am in the middle of this crowded restaurant going one's looking like the hell is happening here and for those who don't know give them a little context what is the dsc today and why is it so important to you <laughs> so it's one of my favorite chants um like gregorian chants and diazira means day of wrath it was a song they would sing for a requiem mass for a funeral mass and the first bit is just talking about how harsh, like, God's condemnation can seem. And I was singing that song about a cheesecake. 
I'm sure your family had a fun time with that. Oh, no, they were just rolling their eyes like, crap, here we go again. Oh, no. It's not the first time I started chanting Latin around them awkwardly, but they've learned to accept it. Exactly. <laughs> and for those of you who also might feel the same way about how you maybe you act in public or why you don't want to be in a public setting because it makes you feel nervous, uh, anxious, both. We have we have a few strategies. I think we've been around the block enough times to know what it's like to be that cringy person who just who just has to either like suck it up or embrace it. And I think the latter goes a lot longer of a way because it builds up that that's that confidence. Um, And this isn't me trying to be like a motivational speaker. Honestly, I just don't have like as much as I love that kind of like vibe. I don't I don't exude that at all. So I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about in that way but like there are people out there who are just charismatic enough to embrace the cringe however they do it whether they're being geeky or like just being themselves yeah. in an environment which might not think of that as cool or normal um even though those like those vacuous words we, we can't really stick to so like i'll give an example uh our chaplain kaylee is <laughs> she is one hallway one of the holiest people like i know mm-hmm. period and she is just she's just a ball of joy and i love it like she just brings the sunshine where if she goes like we have a few people like that in our chaplaincy and it's it's great to be around it's infectious and and it's the kind of thing that i think really builds up a community and so kaylee's kaylee's one of those people who just embraces being like quirky in her own way and it's through that example that i would i've really been able to come out of my own shell Mm -hmm. and and sometimes she just embraces being weird in her own way, which is really reassuring, I think, because it, it basically is trying to say, OK, be yourself and just, you know, knock it out of the park in your own way. People will see that now, re- uh, not recently, more like quite a few weeks back now, she yeah. posted a video to kind of inspire our faith study leaders for the, this upcoming mm-hmm. uh, semester and so she posts a video and then we go into one of our like leaders meetings and she posts um a rap video so on our our chaplaincy like youtube channel she posts this um she posts this thing and she's like okay everyone go and watch it and i'm like oh okay um and the whole the whole time watching it i was halfway between like face palming and just like laughing out loud um and i was smiling the whole time like i could not i could not get the face because she knocks this thing out of the park and she plays um paul j kim's i'm not a rapper in the background which is just it's it's a great way to describe kaylee it's it's a real it's a real she puts in the real catholic memes and then she just adds herself to that and she's wearing like the cowboy boots the whole time which is just like so her Mm -hmm. and as much as I wanted to like cringe over the whole thing, I loved it too much to like, like not let that be the case. So I gave her like full kudos for making me smile. And I think that's what she wanted to do. She just wanted to brighten everyone's day up and encourage. Exactly. Them. Yeah. That is how you embrace cringe. Everyone. That is how you do it. Yeah. Part of the secret is remembering like, dude, we don't take ourselves that seriously. Yeah. We take our mission seriously. We take our work seriously. We do not take ourselves that seriously. Haley, if you're listening to this, I want you, man, I love you. I was stuck in the middle of, I can't watch this. I have to throw it across the room and I can't look away. Oh my gosh. She's rapping. Kaylee is rapping. This is how she builds up her clout. This is it. 
Mm-hmm. As the resident Toronto man, you have my seal of approval. She could probably put that on TikTok and get like <laughs> the Michael Roman seal of approval. Yes, I would recommend it just because I think that kind of personality is what brings people to church. Oh, for sure. Some people can be like yeah. it's not all just like gathering around and being super serious about everything all the time. No, no, no. That's not being Catholic. And we have our moments. It's just we have our moments of that. Yeah. There's there's a time for everything. And there's a time to be charismatic and joyful as she does. And that really speaks to a lot of things. For that sure. are super important to well, showing the church for what it really is, which I think is lost in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The routine actions that might seem like the usual for most Catholics. Yeah. Um, it's that delving deeper that I think is mm-hmm. the important thing. Um but as a um, but as a note, we are also um, super cringy. And the way we do cringe. Mm, okay, let me, let me think For back. context, Kaylee's cringy is, it's like a light. You just are attracted it's to it. Light. Because it's, it's light. Me and Joel, we're cringy. Like, I don't know. How, do how would you describe it? When you double click a cringe.exe and you want to just click the X as soon as possible because mm-hmm. you made a mistake, but it's already too late. Yeah. That, that's our level of cringe. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. What are you doing this for? Stop, I repeat, I repeat. And okay, I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell a quick story about this one. Quick story before we move on. Yeah. So when I took Discovery, which is CCO's first, first study, it's all about the Krigma, all about those, the main gospel, like in a nutshell. Uh, so Corso was teaching that with me. And then that's how I got to the fall retreat. Um, and when I first got introduced to, uh, introduced to him, he was, uh, we were just talking over, over text and whatnot. And so he asks like, Oh, where do you want to meet for the faith study? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Um, you can go to like a cafe or like a pub or something like that to get like a beer or whatever. And, uh, he's like, okay, well you can pick and just let me know. And I don't mind driving whatever. I'm like, okay, well there's a cafe near my, uh, my place wherever, uh, here. So we go to this, uh, we go to this cafe and little did I forget that, Oh, wait, this is, this is the downtown hipster cafe. Like we're walking into like a free trade liberalized, like, like HQ. Like this is, this is like you walk in and like, you could smell the hemp walking in. No, not quite. Not quite. I wouldn't say that, but it was, yeah, it's usually filled with like a lot of, um, a lot of people who would, if you walked in with, let's say a Bible or a rosary or anything like religious related, my, my like, bias and I'll, I'll be complete disclosure i did have this bias going in yeah would like be completely ready to like kick me out or like give me dirty looks or something because corso being the confident um like really really like that he is the bro walks in and just he's like oh yeah make sure you got your bibles on you like sure let's 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 you know get ourselves started uh so we get in there with first the first time i'm like i made a mistake and I just start tensing up because I don't know once we like start talking, like I'm going to have to pull out like my Bible and like someone's going to give me a weird look. Like I was just looking around the whole time being just tense and sweaty. Um, and almost every single week we were there, we sat down, pull out our Bibles. We would start trying to pray in public. And I'm just like, please, please, let's go somewhere private in the cafe. So we're not like being super obvious. Um, but no, usually we'd be somewhere like really, really easy to see or like right at the back we're like that's usually where everyone looks first <laughs> to a seat so we got we got spotted many many times and for the most part nobody gave us any trouble and i'm like why am i not surprised that i'm surprised 
So long story short, um, I thought, okay, I guess we're fine. Um, but again, I get proven wrong every week where I'd go back and somebody would walk up to us and whether it was, um, somebody who was more on the anti-church side or, um, or like, like way different backgrounds than, than my own. Um, I was always met with charity, like no joke. It was really edifying to be like approached by someone and be like, is that a Bible? And me being the, the guy that I am would look and be like, yes. And so, <laughs> and so I, they'd be like, Oh, it's so cool. Like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, Oh, we're doing like a faith study. Um, yeah. We're just, we're talking about Jesus and, and stuff. And like, Oh, that's cool. I used to be Catholic. And I just like go beat red. And I was like, Oh no, here it comes. And it's like, but I don't really believe that anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then we, we kind of get the conversation rolling. And they were super gracious to us, like all the time, just being like, oh yeah, like super respectful. And, and I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. And one one such occurrence actually, um, we would uh, we would sit down, and uh, one girl who came up to us, she was talking, and she's like, she's like, oh yeah, like oh, I used to be Catholic too. I'm now I'm not a witch. Oh, I'm sorry, can you say that again? And she's like, yeah, 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 I'm a witch. No, no, don't worry. We, we do we do white magic. We pray to God and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And huh? I'm like, that's interesting. I'm like, oh, so not like you know cauldrons and bubbles and stuff. And I'm like, I don't because honestly, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Um, but we actually got a conversation going, and she was like a super super nice person. I'm like, huh, maybe we can have a dialogue here. And like, and it opened up the floor to so many opportunities. We met with people who were on the streets, people who were. Um, um, I would say like mentally ill who wanted to just, you know, share their love with us and concerned mothers and their daughters coming up to us seeing like, Oh, you're praying and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so it was super, super, it just, it was amazing. Uh, but basically having Bibles on the table, if you go anywhere, stuff or stuff's going to happen. And, you know, with God's grace, it's, it's always fruitful discussion, yeah. uh, at least in my case, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's yes, me and how nice. I've been able to overcome that cringe because as much as I couldn't land any of the points without having Corso carry me through, we did a lot. And uh, I think that's part of the public ministry that I think we all need to get to at some point. For so sure. race your cringe, and, and long story short. Because at the end of the day, people are not watching as much as you think they are. People, it sounds mean, but people don't care as much as you think they do. So much of embracing your cringe really just means embracing the things you're passionate about. And really, that's the best way for us to not even grow in our faith, but engage with people maybe outside the faith. Like we have this idea of evangelization of I need to like purify the world, which is the worst way to think about it. One, because it's not our job. But two, it's like our only job here is to love God and love what we do, which is my transition into discernment corner music so welcome to discernment corner this is where we dive into the struggles of modern catholic life that was so, a solid transition yeah, right. We're getting so good at that. So professional. Guys, wow. So, sponsors, too. Give us so much money. 
but later, later, not now. So, Joel, like, tell us what's been happening in the church up in St. Catharines. What's new? Right. So in recent news, um, just like throughout the month of September, there's been uh, an event which has been kind of causing a bit of a stir in the news and in the in the Catholic community. Um, so back in like early, uh, I think it was early, mid-September, um, we actually had a break-in into the cathedral in downtown where uh, the tabernacle, the entire tabernacle was stolen. We got like camera footage and everything. It happened super early in the morning. Uh, and yeah, um, Jesus was inside. And basically, like we weren't even concerned about the tabernacle and the saboria that were inside, but it was... It was, it was Jesus. Yeah, the host itself, which was lost. And um, so there's a big scramble to find it. And after one of the uh, parishioners, like, I, I think we actually made like a search party for it and looked around. They found it dumped off in like a stream uh, not too far from the cathedral in one of the parks uh, where one of the doors for the tabernacle is still missing, I believe. And yeah. most of the pieces of the saboria are found. Um, but the host has inexplicably uh disappeared we don't know where it is we're praying it just dissolved in the water but there's no um there's no confirmation on that yet so we've been praying and the the diocese has put out a prayer for um conversions and for uh for the desecrations yeah uh, over the course of the next month up until thanksgiving uh so we've been praying that at the mass every day so for context what is a tabernacle and what is a saboria right uh so a tabernacle is the housing place or um, I guess you can say the container where um, we hold the consecrated host, or in this case, it'd be um, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, as we as Catholics know it to be. Uh, the priest says the words of consecration over the host. Uh, it transubstantiates into um, Jesus. Our Lord. Yeah. Yes, our Lord. So we revere that, and we want to, of course, keep it safe. So we put it in this super, super nice-looking box. Yeah, tabernacle, which can be like in my church, in my home parish, actually, it's it's a full, full marble, like like almost like mini church. And like everything's like super, super nice. And some churches have bigger ones, some have smaller ones, some are more expensive than others. Um, But for the case of the cathedral, like at least every time I've seen them, like, oh, man, that must be really expensive. And to most (laughs) eyes, that would be the case. But it turns out that, you know, if the robbers and dumped it in the stream, I imagine they probably figured out very closely that, oh, wait, this isn't it's actually... Not solid gold. The motivations behind the robbery, um, I don't think were malicious in the way of, like, actually being, like, meant to desecrate what, it, what, yeah. what was there. We believe. We think it's more, of like, for monetary purposes. Um, yeah. So that's what I think the motivation was. So uh, robbers got uh, a little baited. Yeah. As, the tabernacle is not made of anything super expensive. I don't even know what it is, but it's wood and some form of metal. I imagine like aluminum or maybe maybe steel, but it just coated nice in gold because it looks nice. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking because, yeah, honestly, we don't care about the tabernacle. We don't care about the saboria, which is basically like um, the container that they use to keep in the tabernacle, but we we care about christ like the fact that this is such a big kind of controversy for us is because we 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 want people to treat christ like a person and i know it's weird when you're looking at the host and you think like this is just a piece of bread what do you mean this is a person 
and I'm not going to lie, it's a difficult thing to understand, but talking about being passionate in our faith, one thing I'm passionate about is the fact that that is Jesus in the host. Like that is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And it's, it's heartbreaking because people don't know. And this is why I'm such a big advocate of being passionate about your faith. It's just, if it's about teaching people, then people get disinterested very fast. If it's about loving a person, then people ask, well, who is this person that you love? For us, it's an easy case of, well, I can take you to him. Like, we can meet him. And I really wish this was kind of a one-off incident, but it happens a lot with the host, unfortunately. Like, in my parish back in um, my hometown, we've been finding a lot of um, the hosts just littered on the ground after Mass. I know it's been a problem in some of the other places in, in the city, but I can't help but just... Honestly, I cried in Mass today when I heard that it had happened again. Because the way I see it, it's, it's not that different from someone just disrespecting my parents or my friends. Like, you are just... You're treating someone I love as if they're not a person. It's heartbreaking. And it's, it, it really is awful to like, yeah. see that. and I think only that like respect and understanding of the Eucharist comes from that personal conversion. Yeah. Uh, when that personal relationship starts and you truly come to understand uh, the mystery of the Eucharist in this way, um, can you fully come to understand what it's like? And not necessarily me trying to like gatekeep being like, Oh, you don't know until you've done the whole thing. Um, and, quite the opposite actually yeah it, it yeah we're, we're completely open to that we display it we have it like at the, the center it's the centerpiece of most churches but it is so easily overlooked and it's so easily just kind of passed off and as the surveys go apparently like most catholics don't believe that yeah. it is the true presence of jesus in the eucharist um and it's hard because people haven't had the opportunity to have that personal encounter if you don't have that, if you don't get catechized in the way of understanding why we believe this, it just becomes, okay, this cool. is just a piece of bread. Looks yeah. like bread, tastes like bread, must be bread. It's hard. And that's like, how do you, how do you talk about, how do you engage a culture which has been desensitized to these things? Whereas like in a, in a society where this stuff has been like, not like forgotten, but we are so kind of lukewarm nowadays as Catholics. Um, just the way we do our, our masses sometimes and uh, how we engage our community um, that it's just kind of another checklist item for some people, um, something they don't even want to do or be for. So it's yeah. like, if you're not there because you want to be, then you're not going to be as engaged to listen and, and take things in. Yeah. It's like anything. If you're not engaged or interested in the thing that you were a part of, you're going to be disconnected. Yeah. You're going to be bored out of your mind. And that is, that's the problem. We, and like, how do we engage a culture that has turned out in a way that's not fully understanding of this? And this is more directed to more fallen away Catholics, um, Catholics who don't, um, may believe in the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, because that is one of the central teachings of the Catholic church, probably one of the hardest, but the most central, it is yeah. the source and summit of our faith. So what do we do in that case? How do we how do we engage the youth, especially, but even like the generations before us, our parents, yeah. or our grandparents, if that's if there's someone who have like fallen away from the church, and it's a little more unlikely for like 
grandparents, at least in my uh, experience. But like, like parents, uncles, <laughs> aunts, immediate family in the next generation up. And of course, the next generation below us, well, us being the Zoomers. So, so yeah. they like the, the newest generations. Um, well, you're a Zoomer. I'm still a millennial. But it's actually an interesting observation I've seen where, let's say our grandparents' generation, right? They tend to either be super passionate about the faith or super against the faith. There isn't a lot of middle ground that I've seen, which in a weird kind of paradoxical way is preferential to being lukewarm, right? Right. Um, and let's, I mean, benefit of the doubt to our culture, previous cultures, let's say, um, People have been catechized. People do know that that is, in fact, Christ. How do you respond to someone who says, well, thank you. This isn't for me. Like, assuming that they're fully informed about who Christ is and what is happening here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that um, because we can say a lot of, OK. What if I'm just a nice person? Isn't that what Jesus wants? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yes. But when our church becomes simply about being nice then it completely forgets a lot of what Jesus taught and what was the foundation of our salvation, what that is. Belief in him as true God, true man, and a relationship. There's the relationship aspect. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, I was listening to something, I think on the Catholic answers or whatever, and they had like a good like three-part um, uh, thing. It was like the relationship. Um, there's like the physical aspect, and then there's there's something in between, I forget. But it was really like all encompassing of like, okay, our faith is a tangible thing. Yeah. It's just kind of like floaty. It's not just feelings. There is purpose in everything we do in our tradition. And there's a reason for it. Yeah. And that's where we have to have the, t- the discussion. We have to be able to know this stuff. We have to know the faith to teach the faith. Yeah. Faith is to engage with people from all different places in all different circumstances, meet them where they're at and go from there. But the problem is we can say as much as we want, but people, some people will be like, well, this just isn't for me. Because maybe we feel like, okay, well, this is robbing us of something we actually enjoy more. Or maybe this isn't as important because we don't know quite yet. Yeah. All we're doing is offering an invitation. And if it gets rejected, don't be despondent over it. Don't lose hope. Simply love the person continually and continue to be there. Um, we're, not just, we're not selling a product. Yeah, we're not selling anything. Yeah. person. Exactly. The person who loves them more than me or could. Yeah. And man, that's such a humbling thing to remember that as much as we love each other, as much as we love the people around us, God loves them infinitely more. And it's a humbling thing to think, well, if that's true, then God also loves me infinitely more than I can imagine. And man, I get it. It's difficult when you try and reach out to someone and they don't respond. But the most difficult part of this faith is not seeing the end goal. Like, we hope to see them in heaven, but we don't get to see the process nine times out of ten. I actually had a different story that I was going to share for this segment, but I'm going to switch it up because I like being rebellious like that. But Oh, I'm excited. The first time I was asked to give a testimony, I was... I had just turned 12. This was my first... Rich, um. First time serving at any kind of capacity. I had just joined a youth camp the year before. And I was in that kind of childlike faith where I'm still super passionate about everything. I want to kind of give everything to Christ without actually knowing what that means. 
So I remember I was asked to give a five minute testimony on um, just my relationship with Christ. Right. At that point, it was such a new relationship that I thought I'll talk about my parents, my struggle with my parents, because, you know, that's something everyone can relate to. And I remember it was it was a camp full of people so much older than me. There's this awkward, round shapes, just sweaty Filipino boy trying to talk about how he doesn't have a great relationship with his parents to a bunch of people who are between like 16 and 18 for the most part. I had like one or two friends um, with me, but they were a lot older than me. And I left that time thinking, no one cares. This is so generic. How could anyone care about that? Fast forward five years. I'm at a Christmas party for my friend's church, not even Catholic. And someone comes up to me and she goes, hey, I remember you from that camp. Yeah, I remember your testimony really hit me. And in that moment, I thought, this is infinitely bigger than I could imagine. Like, I have no idea the effects of the work I do or the struggles that I have. And it was, it was a moment of, well, pure humility, but also just realizing that my, my role in this, really any of our role in this, and it sounds so just cliche, but our only role is to love God. Amen. And that's, uh, and that really is, is it your testimony, your personal experience goes much, much further because it's not something that you're, you're refuting a fact you're refuting, uh, some claim in, if we hit like, um, talk about like scripture and stuff like that, cause that doesn't reach people. Yeah. Reach people is the human condition in our own personal experience. That's how we start yeah. always. And that is littered throughout outreach training all over the board. Yeah. The, the personal testimony. It's one of the first things actually exercises we do. Um, because I'm, I'm new to outreach. I know last year after uh, I got introduced to chaplaincy uh, outreach, I never really got too involved in that uh, for that year. So this is like my first year really getting into it. And I've done the training. I've done, uh, I've done a lot of stuff for it. Um, and I can remember just this, these past couple of weeks now, kind of getting myself hyped up to like, okay, I got to do calls. I got to do calls. This is, this is really awkward. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and so I sit down. I pray and I say to myself, okay, give it all to the spirit. Let him work his magic. <laughs> Let him really work. I think is the better way I should say it. Yeah. Um, and then I just go. And there was the one day I was falling behind because everyone else was getting yeses. And I'm like, you know, everyone's joining faith studies and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, shoot, I need to get on this train. I need to do it. Pick a day and just do it. And then another week goes by. And I just haven't done it yet. And I'm just like, I've been... I have been really lacking, I guess, in the motivation to do so, even in, in prayer. And at one moment, uh, I told myself, okay, pick a day, do all your calls you can on that day. I said, okay. And then the day came, I picked an hour, sat down, and before I even looked at my impact list, which we had made with names of people who we thought were um, good to reach out to, um, I just opened up my Discord and I was just flipping through my, uh, my Discord contacts. And I'm like, wow. What if I message all these people? And so immediately I get on my keyboard and start typing out, you know, hey, can we talk? Send next person. And I just, I just reached out to a bunch of people over messaging. And as the responses start to like come in, I'm like, oh shoot, this is real. Okay. Get on the phone. Like, I don't know, I feel like I'm hyping myself up for like a training arc or something. Like I was getting like super into it. I'm like, all right, first call. And I get on, I'm just talking to people and like, hey, um, you know, just being super genuine about the fact that, hey, I'm with the chaplaincy. I'm doing 
uh, outreach for faith studies. And I was wondering if you wanted to come and do one. And before I really got into it, because I started catching myself being like, this sounds like I'm soliciting. I'm like, wait, this ain't a business pitch. I'm sorry if this sounds like that. I'm just, again, this is something important to me. And I want to kind of share that with you like I would with any of my other interests. And so I gave that I gave that spiel every single time to people because I'm like, this is my personal thing. And then if they asked for it or they need any clarification, um, or sometimes without even prompting, I would just go into my testimony, um, maybe a little bit too gung-ho, just to kind of make that connection. Um, and sometimes I would still get like, even after that, the people who ended up saying no would either say, okay, can I get back to you? And I'm like, okay, you think about it for as long as you need to. Uh, and then eventually I would get like a no from them. And I'm like, okay, well, at least they thought they could think about it. Um, which wasn't a defeating thing. It still hurt sometimes, but I'm like, okay, like I get this. This is not me. This is not my effort. This is the spirit working through me. Offer it up. Get back on the phone. Do it again. Um, and each time I got a rejection or the maybe, which again, when you when people respond to you, usually the maybes become no's. Um, it put like that, struck that fear in me. Um, and again, this is kind of part of, I guess, my whole faith journey with oh God, and especially the Holy Spirit. He just finds ways to be like, you're playing the coward card again. And basically kicks me into motion being like, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I'm like, all right. And as momentum picks up with these calls, I'm getting more confident in what I'm saying. I'm able to get the words out. Um, and just like, as we talked about previously, embracing the cringe. So if I had to get super sappy about it and be like, I am this way, here's my thing. Um, I could laugh about it because a lot of these people I knew, I can engage with them on the level of our relationship without sounding like I'm doing the same spiel to everyone. Because again, this is a personal relationship. This is a personal invitation. And it was the moment that I looked at a stranger, basically, I wouldn't say a stranger, as someone who I, I knew vaguely from school, who I met up at a, with over a, uh, a summer course and thought, shoot, I have his Discord now. Maybe, maybe I should message him. And I'm like, ah, oh, but I don't know him. This is going to be awkward. But I'm like, okay, spirit, you put it on my mind. I'm going to do it. And I reached out to this one guy who, um, who I've met like once before, maybe twice. Um, and I asked like, hey, do you want to do a faith study? And he's like, come to think of it. Like, actually, I, I kind of would. You know, I like, I'm, I'm actually a really hardcore Christian here. I have my Bible right with me. And I'm like, no, really? And then conversation started from there. And from that moment onward, I was like, nope, this is good. And then I just kept firing out those calls. And since then, it's just been... It was smooth sailing for the rest of it. Even if I didn't get no's or I didn't get yeses in this case, it was so life-giving. That's the word. It was so life-giving. Um, the fact that I was able to confidently profess like my interest in people, that I wanted to invest in them in this thing that I thought was really important to me. Um, and it makes me for it makes me remember that like, shoot, if my faith is so important to me, why am I not sharing it like I would a video game or a cool show that I've seen? Like we all do it. We all share parts of ourselves with the people we love, but how many times have we, how many times have we actually told ourselves, if my faith is important to me, why am I not sharing it? And I think that question comes down to how politicized it's become, how much of a taboo topic it is in our culture today. And that's a real, that's a real shame. Like I got to go on the phone with like, uh, with, with, with Muslims and with Hindus. And I would talk with them and be like, Hey, like, I know this is, this is a Catholic faith study. This is very Christian. Um, but I opened it up as discovery is also a discussion group. This isn't just a Bible study where we're looking through, um, scripture. There are scripture parts of it, but this is a group discussion. 
I want to hear from you. I want to get your worldview. And even at the end of the day, if like even that, even my own words and the, the, you know, the study doesn't get through in the way of like, you know, seeing Christ in a different light, at least what it has done is now is planted the seed of this is a different worldview and I understand it better. And that I think is in a way part of Christ's mission is simply to profess the faith to those who will hear and those who will not. But when those of backgrounds that are very strong and of course, and their beliefs want to say yes to a faith study for Catholics that speaks volumes to our society and how things run. No longer is it a, um, an open battleground for us to simply just flame each other in our own beliefs and make memes about it. But it's like, this is, this is serious talk. This is investing in the people who are around and it's powerful. And I just, I've now, I now see how like, how like evangelists and other people in the chaplaincy feel when they get that first yes, but also get people to just talk. Even if they say no at the end of the day, the discussion that you have is just life-giving, edifying. Like I can describe it with all the fancy words, but it just, it's something else. It's something I've been missing out on for quite a long time. Like the passion you feel, or at the very least, the passion we feel talking about fountain pens, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's simple because it's not politicized. It's not caught up in all of the ridiculous inflammatory rhetoric, but the passion you feel when you're talking about something you enjoy and you love. Um, it's actually not like that, talking about the faith. It's when you're talking with a person and you think, this is a person with which I can share my, like, my deepest self. It's something we're all looking for. And... Honestly, I think it's one of the reasons why, for the both of us, we jumped into a platform like this. Um, Partially because we want to engage the culture. Like, that's the whole reason we called ourselves cultural confessions. Seeking truth. Exactly. But just being able to reach out and say, like, look, this is something I'm passionate about. And if it's not for you, then fine. This is still something I'm going to be passionate about. And I still want to share it with you. Because I still want to share time with you. And that's when evangelization becomes powerful, when it stops becoming, take this study, take this program. It's, can I get to know you? Can I spend time with you? And it's sorely missing in a lot of like uh, dynamics we have. Like, um, like some of the guys I reached out to who I had met through um, uh, summer school and the guys who already knew who we just got together and we were just online together working through stuff. Um, our conversations would, you know, when we scratch the surface, we joke with each other and stuff. We'll just, we'll do the dude stuff, you know, fellowship and whatnot. Like, man, like these guys are really cool. Like what comes next? Cause they're scattered throughout the world and like, sure. We can't maybe meet up in person right now, but the fact that we were able to share a lot and we actually got to know each other pretty well over like the week or so we would be consistently on with each other. It was a moment of, I want to get to know those people better. When can we have real talks? And I think that was, that was my cue at, something was put on my heart to like reach out to them. It's because now that we're living out the passion, we're living out all of this. Um, it becomes real to people. Like we aren't, they're not bringing fake. This is, this is us. And we have to stop caging ourselves because we're robbing ourselves the opportunity to show ourselves truly and fully to others. And that completes us. And I think that's, that's personally, um, one of the things that the human heart really yearns for. It yearns for relationship, whether that's, um, in a vocational spouse, or if that's in um, friend groups, like really wanting just to be part of a community to belong. 
And if our relationship is, is, is tethered specifically to God first, and we have united ourselves to him, his mission, his love for us, and we feel em- really emblazoned by that love, that it is only natural that that flame spread. Yeah. And that warmth that we feel together in communion, in uh, fellowship, that is the fruit that comes from a love for Christ, a love for neighbor. And that is the part of evangelization in the church that we really do need to tap into a lot more as youth, as young adults in the church, um, as people who love Christ. Yeah. And you see it in a lot of other churches as well. I know some, some really close Protestant friends of mine who are like, they're just so into their faith. Their community is so tight. I see it and I love what I see. And I'm like, I need some of that too. And I feel like that is how we need to show ourselves such that when people do walk by, they'll look at us and be like, wow, that's nice. I kind of want some of that too. Yeah. And I suppose as a final note, like, because I think, and this is, this is a personal thing, but part of the dilemma is so many times we have to book an appointment for real talk. Like I'm going through a rough time or I'm celebrating something. I just want to have a real talk with someone. Right. And it's good. And we need to do that. And frankly, we can't have deep, personal, intimate relationships with every single person that we meet. Maybe you can, that's you know up to you and the Lord. But for most people, it's just, look, we might not have that relationship with people, but we can still be that level of real with everyone. So maybe something for us to chew on, like, Okay, for me, at least in my faith, I want to move away from this idea of having real talks with people and just moving into this mentality of. I want to be real to who I am, and that person is someone who loves God and wants to have the relationship with him, but also wants to love each person and have a relationship with them. So it's not real talks. It's more just, I don't know, being real people, having real moments with people. Like some of those moments are completely silent. Sometimes it's just sitting in an adoration chapel, crying together. Um, ugly cry always. It's not everywhere. But moments like that are, we don't think of them as real, but there's a connection there that goes beyond, like, I don't know, scheduling time for each other. Listen up, guys. Ugly crying with your bros is the most man you can be. Oh, 100%. Like, if you haven't ugly cried with, with a bro, are they really your bro? I don't know. If you haven't gotten there yet, get on it. Schedule time right now. Just yes. call up your bro and be like, look, it might have been a while since we talked. Let's hit up an adoration chapel and just ugly cry with each other. The more snot, the more holy you are. That's, that's <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was part of a council, right? Right? Oh First yeah, council of Leon's. I don't actually know if that's a thing, but uh, <laughs> no, actually, uh, it sounds it sounds so ridiculous, but it works, bros. It's a thing. Oh man, it was the thirteenth ecumenical council. Okay, a, it's something. Cool. So on that kind of disgusting note, be a bro, be a Barna bro. Yes, be a Barna bro to your bros. Amen. And um, and we'll have to actually get it. we'll get into like church documents and stuff at some point. I imagine we are yeah we're not as I guess qualified to talk about certain things, but we'll do our research. That For way, sure. we, 
have an argument so we don't get flamed for it later. Yeah, we'll send this to a bishop. Yes, yes. Get a seal of approval. A oh my gosh! If we get <laughs> if we get the imprimatur on our podcast, if we get a bishop to sign off and just stamp it with a nihil upset, I'm oh. done. Like that's that's my career goal right there. Mike, Mike, Mike. We, that can never happen if the word weeb anime fountain pen or anything like that is ever going to show up in our podcast. If our audio has any of that, we're going to get like rejected. But I can hope. I have a strange feeling that we're going to get rejected on that. But I digress. We are being truthful and genuine. I will make that sacrifice. (laughs) As much as I would have liked to have it on mine. And on that note, God bless. Be a bro. Ugly cry. And we'll see you guys next time. For sure. If uh, actually we'll link this also in the show notes. We will have social media up at some point or other. And it's going to be linked there. Do take a look. Follow us on we're going to probably have this on Spotify, uh, iTunes, whatever platforms we got. We'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get, we'll get some links. Figure out. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, do follow us ahead. This has been Cultural Confessions, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Peace out. You. Outro music. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Craig, how are we doing? Craig, all right. Hold on a second. How you doing, man? It's been, it's been a bit. You've been quiet. Uh, let me just. You're you right. good. I think he just needs a coffee. Right. All right, hold on, Craig. I got you. No, did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And Craig, you have the longest piece of recording. All right, man. Appreciate it. You've done a lot of work for us today. Um, you've only used one sixth of, of your energy. So, you know, <laughs> play some games, relax, read a book. Say hi to the wife and kids. Yeah. We'll, we'll, and we'll catch you. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Sound good? Thanks, right. man. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Yeah.